Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's give it up for Jesus one time across this place. Come on, you can do better than that. Give it up for Jesus. He's so good. Man, we are excited that you guys are here. We're going to get ready to kick off. Today is going to be quite a bit different. I know people are in the lobbies. They're going to start trickling in now because they're not used to us having service this way. They're used to having a little bit of time before they get to roll in. And so I know they're going to be trickling in. But here's what we want to let you know about today. Today is going to go a lot different than usual. There's a number of things that we've compiled today with an amazing team on communicating the story of Jesus and Christmas. And so today uh, we're going to tell that through. Uh, Obviously we're going to have some music. We will have worship. We will have some Christmas songs Uh, that will be happening. We'll be lighting some candles later. So hopefully you got one of those on the way in the door. There will be some preaching throughout this presentation as well. Uh, In addition to that, there's some spoken word poetry is actually going to show up some today. Uh, and videos all compiled together to help us tell this story. And so we wanna invite you into uh, singing along when we sing and all the components that are happening today. We also wanna let you know if you're new today at TC, maybe this is your first time, we are so excited that you're here. A friend brought you, a family member invited you, some, someone did that, maybe you're online with us. We wanna let you know we are so excited that you're with us today. All right, and so if you'll do us a huge favor, make sure you connect with us somehow. So there's connect cards in the seatbacks in front of you. Uh, You can go to mytc.life on your smartphone. There's a QR code on some seatbacks. You can scan that. Literally, we've gone out of our way to make it as easy as possible to connect with us. All right, so if you would uh, at some point do that, we're not gonna come to your house or anything like that. We just wanna know who you are so that if God leads you to wanna take some next steps here at TC, we can help you with that process. All right, guys, we are super, super excited about what God is doing right here at TC. So I'm going to invite you to close your eyes with us. Let's pray all across this place. Father, we invite you into this place. God, I pray for every heart, every person. God, that we would worship you today. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We surrender to you today. And so we thank you that you came. We thank you that everything in Christmas is about you. And so today is your day. And so we worship you. We thank you. We glorify you. You're so good. So it's in your name that we pray, amen and amen. TC, can we give it up for Jesus all across this place? Very good. All right, y'all. Y'all go ahead and come and gather around. Time for the Christmas story. The birth of Jesus came about this way. After his mother, Mary, had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered... Dad, what did Mary look like? Well, Taylor, she looked like all the women of that day. They kind of had a head wrapping and wore a dress. I don't like that. I like to think of Mary in today's time. You know, a modern Mary. Long before time began, God in heaven, he established a plan, a solution for a world of chaos to be born both God and man. You see, in the beginning, all of creation was made. Mankind was formed in God's image for life to sustain 
This is all yours, God said, enjoy it and thrive. Just don't touch that tree or you'll surely die. But just like you and I, we can't even lie that sinning's as easy as breathing. Besides, why wouldn't you want the thing you can't have? We've all been told no, only to turn and to laugh at the idea that we could only have half of the sinful experience we just have to have. That moment of sin with Adam and Eve set into motion the world that we see. Things are broken and it doesn't take a genius to know that, but are we ever gonna be able to go back? Even as we look through the stories in the Bible, we see messed up people in need of revival. Let me show you, right? David the adulterer who stole a man's wife then had him sent to the front lines of battle so he died. Another one, Elijah struggled, his mood was juggled. It all gets muddled and the false prophets huddled. But then God uses him to display his power. Just moments later, he's God's man of the hour. Every attempt we've made to be like God has left us with an even greater need to find God. But here's the real question that we need to reckon with. There's more to this problem that we seem to find ourselves in. Do we ever find God or just deepen our lust? Because I'm fairly certain it's God who finds us. But here's what's important with this Christmas story. It's really about a baby that came from glory. The angel said he would forgive people of their sins, but isn't that a lot to ask from a baby that was born in an inn? He wouldn't be royalty, yet he was a promised king. He wouldn't be a ruler, yet he'd rule over everything. The Son of God saw from heaven where he was seated that the world was full of sin and we didn't know what we needed. We didn't just need a God who was just. We needed Emmanuel, which means the God that's with us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
And the angel came to her and said, Rejoice, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call his name Jesus. to tell you, I would have had doubts of what this is about. It was Joseph, the man who ended up on the outs. I would have told her she could turn it around, start leaving town because my grace has run out and it's over now. It's hard to believe. So think about this, right? Your fiance says she's pregnant and she's got confirmation, but there's been no wedding. So there's no consummation, which creates a complication leading to a provocation that you've been up to something. Hey, I'm just saying it's a lot. Now you're standing here asking me to believe that the baby inside you is a supernatural blessing? Hmm, that's one's real hard to believe. I'm sure Joseph was a, a little bit bothered by the idea that Mari would say, you're not the father. It was enough that the shame was causing him to leave Mary, a pregnant teenage girl who's not even married. But what are people gonna say about him? guilty of the same thing. He's wearing shame like it's filth, all for something he didn't even do. Now his fiance's asking that she would be innocent too? That's hard to believe. But it's in these moments that are hard to believe that God shows up with hope that redeems. God says in a dream, Joseph, don't you worry. What Mary's saying, that's a true story. She found favor with God and there's a son that's coming. What's crazy is he's a fulfillment of the prophets, which I know is stunning. I mean, for some reason, he's even got 12 drummers drumming. Don't ask, long song about some people dancing and a lot of birds, all right? But there remains to stand bigger promises at hand that one day he would deliver people from the sins of this land. He's not just a baby that's gonna make quite a fuss. I know it's hard to believe, but they'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us.
Something has to change. Yeah. Come on, would you stand with us this morning as we sing this out? The children weep no more. Hope is on the horizon. Messiah 
It's a beautiful thing to see all that God has done, all that God has gone through, all that God has went out of his way for to make sure that his people could be close to him. I wanna say that again. It's amazing to see all that God has done for his people to be close to him. You see, I don't know about you guys, but it's pretty obvious that we live in a world that's kind of messed up, right? So there's some things going on around us that aren't quite right. Anybody notice that? Get in traffic and you realize there's some things that people are just wrong, right? Try to get a McFlurry. The world is broken, right? When you go by Krispy Kreme, the hot now sign is not on. The world is broken. We live in a fallen place, man. But despite, despite the fact that everything has been messed up since the beginning, God has gone out of his way so that people could be close to him. In the Old Testament, he gave us the law. He said, here are the things you don't do. He was, gave them to his people. So he gives them the law. And as he gives them the law, he says, right, don't, don't do any of these things. But then as he gives them the law, how many guys know, just like us, they weren't very good rule followers. So because we're not good rule followers, you gotta make some sacrifices. And so the people had to make sacrifices where they couldn't follow the law. And so they, they start making sacrifices. As they're making sacrifices, they say, you know what? We, we want people that, we want someone that's gonna help us become victorious. We need someone that's gonna help us govern. We need someone that's gonna step in. And so, so God gives them judges to help them move along, to help them be victorious, to help them go to the next step. So God says, here are, here are your judges. And so they get judges, but then they're still not happy. God said, the people of God say, well, we want rulers. We want someone that's gonna reign. We want someone that's gonna, that's, that's gonna be the, the ruling hand. And so God gives them kings. And so throughout the Old Testament, God establishes kings for the people to follow. But the problem is, is the kings got a taste of power. And how many guys know it's not a good thing when, God's, when people get a taste of power? So then God sends prophets. And as God started sending prophets, the problem is the prophets were the ones that were the seers of God. They were the hearers of God to communicate to God's people what God's people were missing on their own. And so in the Old Testament, the prophets show up. The problem is the people didn't like the prophets, so they killed them. And all throughout the Old Testament, one thing remained true. And that was that we always wanted or needed something, someone that was gonna get us close to God. We needed or wanted someone that was gonna make us feel victorious. We needed or wanted someone that was gonna rule and reign and we needed and wanted someone that was gonna hear from God on our behalf. In the Old Testament, Isaiah made a promise. In Isaiah 35, five and six, it says this, it says, and when he comes, right? When he comes, he will open the eyes of the blind. That's what it says, he'll open the eyes of the blind, unplug the ears of the deaf. The, the lame will leap like deer and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. 
It goes on to say that springs, springs will gush forth. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness and streams of water in the wasteland. So there's a prophet in the Old Testament saying, when he comes, all of these things are gonna be beautiful. Well, what does Jesus say about himself in Matthew chapter 11? He confirms what the prophet said. He says, Jesus replied, the blind receive sight. He says, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf, they hear, and the dead are raised, right? The good news is proclaimed. Everything that was promised before is fulfilled because I'm here. But that's not the only place it does that. It actually does it in a number of places, but I wanna show you Isaiah chapter seven. We've read this a few times already over the past few weeks. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel. And in Matthew chapter one, the very beginning of Jesus coming on the scene, what does it say? The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And here's what I want you to know. Everywhere in the Old Testament, that we needed something, Jesus shows up to fulfill it. When Jesus, the baby, when the baby hit the manger, listen to me, when the baby hit the manger, we got the better law keeper because we couldn't keep the law. When the baby hit the manger, we got the better sacrifice so that we didn't have to keep making sacrifices. When the baby hit the manger, we got the better judge that would reign. We got the better king that would reign. We got the better prophet that would hear. We got everything that we ever needed and everything that God's people were looking for throughout all of time. Jesus said, I didn't just come to be part of the thing, I came to be everything. And the beauty behind the baby in the manger isn't just Jesus came to save us from our sins, because hear me, Jesus wasn't the escape plan for your life, Jesus was always the plan for our lives. And so Jesus, the baby that came in a manger, came so that we would have everything that we need. I'll put it to you like this. They'll put this on the screen. Jesus came, Jesus came through humanity and touched earth so that humanity through Jesus could touch heaven. And it's because of him that this promise is fulfilled. So with our hands and our voices, can we give it up for Jesus one time all across this place? There we go. Come on, if you would, would you stand with us as we sing this out? Oh, what a holy night that our Lord Savior came into this world.
take to save the world? Be perfect, not just in design, but in destiny. You see, as God, he was flawless, no fault in his heart to hide, but as a man, he was tempted and tried like you and I to sin. The devil even offered him dominion. He was hated and accused, beaten and abused, hung on a cross for me and for you, but none of it would have mattered at all. One weak moment could have destroyed it all. One single sin would have crushed it all, but he never gave in to any temptation at all. He was perfect. Some people say that it should have been easy. He is the image of the invisible God. 
but he was 100% heaven sent God and man and he was bent on saving us of our sins. It was his consent. Better yet, a desire to be born with every struggle we feel, to be tempted in every way that's real and never once lie, cheat or steal, he stayed perfect. Then he paid the price just for us. He would trade our imperfection for his perfection, our unrighteousness for his righteousness. That plan could sound like a bust, but he did it for us. When it was dark and hopeless, going back to the days of Moses, there's never been one single life that smelled like roses. Yet, despite the lack of light in our lives, we know he died to pay the price. He brought hope in the scope for the okey-doke that played the devil like a fiddle on a yo-yo. All this to atone for our sins. Yo, he died perfect. Man, that's crazy to think. He did all this for me, all this to set us free. So nah, that plan was no bust just because he died for us. We didn't just need God, we needed Jesus, Emmanuel, because that's the God with us. Come on church, we're gonna sing this out. All the world awaits the promise of his birth. Open up the gates, heaven come to earth. A host of angels sing. Our Savior here to dwell, the King of every King, our Emmanuel, Hosanna, 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 the highest, Hosanna. you to stand with us and just sing this out. Behold the Son of Man. Behold the Son of Man. You're in a manger land. Worthy is the land. For He has come to shame. To take away our sins. He freely gave His life. One that we may live.
you are God with us, Emmanuel. Hosanna to the King of Kings, O Lord of Lords. Let's lift up our praise this morning. We sing this out. And breaking through the silence with glory in the highest, the hope of all creation, resting in his mother's arms. We thank you, Jesus, the song on the horizon. Song on the horizon, ringing through the heavens. Our long-awaited Savior has come to set the captives free. Oh, He's come to set us free. Oh, today He's gonna set us free. Oh, we sing this out, church. We sing, Your hope has a name. Hope has a name. Didn't see it coming, the story of redemption started in a manger, ended in an empty grave, and hope has a name. Once again, come on, there's somebody here that needs to hear that today. Oh. 
amazing. I love that song because it declares who Jesus is. And, and, and here's a question that I have for you. What does it mean to have God with us? What does it mean to have God with me? And what does it mean to have God with you? See, I think sometimes we say things in churches, but we don't really think about it. It just kind of becomes part of what we say. But I want you to dwell on that for just a second. What does it mean to have God with us? As I was thinking through that over the past few weeks and we were putting all this together, I started looking at the scriptures and what it said about having God with us. And it gives us three things. It gives us a number of things, but it gives us three things that I really felt like God wanted you to know about tonight. First one is that when we have God with us, we have hope with us. That, that listen to me, whatever you've been through, whatever has happened behind you, whatever is back there, listen to me, that's not the end. Whatever decisions you've made, whatever things that you've gone through, your struggles, your pain, your hurdles, your hangups, whatever's back there, listen to me, it doesn't have to dictate what's out there. Whatever's behind you is behind you, and there's hope that God says, listen to me, this isn't the end for you. you to have God with us means to have hope with us. And I don't know about you, but I've gone through some seasons in my life where I felt hopeless. Can we be real for a few minutes? Haven't we all been through some seasons where we felt hopeless? Haven't we all found ourselves in moments where we were going, God, I don't know, man. I know some of you are like, oh, you're the pastor. You, oh, you always have hope. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> because... I think we've all found ourselves in places where we felt hopeless, where we felt like, God, I don't know if I can keep going like this. But I'm gonna tell you, to have God with you is to have hope because it's never too late for him to turn something around. Come on, I said it's never too late for him to turn something around. <laughs> Ephesians 1.18 says it like this. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Did you know that your heart has eyes? You say, I don't think so. I mean, I think I failed that class, but I don't remember that part. Did you know that your heart sees through lenses when it looks at the world? Your heart looks through pain when it looks at the world. That's why sometimes you can go a long time without feeling something and all of a sudden one thing triggers your brain and you're right back to where you were 10 years ago. In that same way though, your heart can also see through the lens of joy. That even though this situation right here may not look great, I'm believing that God's gonna do something. See, he says, I pray that, Paul's right, he says, I pray that the eyes, the lens that your heart sees life through, because how many guys know we rarely go through life with this, it's usually this. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart, that they would be enlightened, right? In order that you may know the hope that he's called you to. You see, 
God hasn't given up hope on you. Sometimes it's us that's given up hope on God. But he plans to finish everything he started. Promises he's given you, he plans to fulfill. Things he's spoken to you, he plans on finishing. There's hope. But it doesn't just stop at hope. Having God with us means having hope, but having God with us also means having peace. And how many guys have needed peace in situations where chaos consumed you? Where the world was just crazy and you were sitting on the edge of your bed going, God, I don't know about this one. But he's the peace giver. That's why Romans 5.1 says, for we have peace with God. Through who? Emmanuel, God with us. The Bible says Jesus Christ. So it's through the God that's with us that we can have peace with God. This is fantastic because God made this promise to us knowing we were going to blow it sometimes. Anybody? Anybody got some receipts from your past? Anybody over 30 in here glad they didn't have social media when you were in school? Okay. That's what I thought. Documented. All right. But what's, hear me, there's peace with God despite what you've gone through, despite the decisions you made, despite your past, listen to me, despite your heritage, despite what your parents and your grandparents were, despite the decisions that you made, you've got peace with God, which brings us to our last part. And that's to have God with us means to have joy. I'm talking about joy. Y'all ain't hearing me. I'm talking about joy, right? I'm talking like, I'm talking about the joy that's in here. How many guys know there's a difference between happiness and joy? I can, there's a lot of things that can make me happy, but they don't make me joyful. There's a lot of things that can go on in life that my mood can fluctuate. Come on, somebody. Some days I'm good. Some days, uh, anybody? Anybody ever woke up and said, today is going to be the day that everything goes right. You ain't made it out the door yet. Your happiness may be robbed from you sometimes, but joy never has to be. You want to know why? Because where we have hope and where we have peace, we can have joy because we know that in the end, God's got it all under control. He's taking care of it. He, he knows what he's doing. He's marked it all out. The God we serve, he's working all things out for our good. And so God's got us so we can have joy. That's why John 15, 11 says this. It says, he says, these things I have spoken to you, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy, look at your name and say your joy, that your joy would be complete. Listen to me. Notice how he didn't say that your joy would be complete and then my joy would be in you. He said, one thing has to happen before the other. And for many of us, we're trying to get joy from other places so that the joy would be complete. But listen to me, your job's never gonna give you complete joy. Your career is never gonna give you complete joy. A full bank account's never gonna give you complete joy. A better marriage isn't gonna give you complete joy. I know you think it will, but that's not what God said. You, you should want it, you should pray for it, you should pursue it. But your relationships aren't gonna give you complete joy. Investments and, and whatever, the, the stock market's not gonna give you complete joy. He says, I pray that your joy would be complete, but hear me, it's only 
when my joy is in you that your joy can be full. And for some of us, I'm inviting you into the space where you let God's joy be in you so that your joy can be full. Because it's only when Jesus gets involved that we experience true fullness. And here's the beautiful part, are you ready? It's contagious. It's contagious. Have you ever been having a bad day before and you got around someone that was having a good day, so good of a day it got you a good day? Right? Your things were just all right for you and you got around somebody and you, they were like, man, things are great. And you're like, you know what? They said, I'm buying you lunch. You said, in Jesus' name, come on, do that. <laughs> Why? That's happiness, that ain't joy. Well, depends on where they took you. Anyway, so, no, it's contagious, man. Get around hopeful people, you'll be full of hope. Get around peaceful people, you'll be full of peace. Get around joyful people, you'll be full of joy. It's contagious. So I want you to take out your candles. We're gonna, we're gonna light these. Our pastors are gonna come help me out for a second. And, and here's what we're gonna do. They're gonna light their candles and they're gonna come to your section and they're gonna light your candles. And just like our joy and our peace and our hope are contagious, I want you to watch how just a couple candles being lit is gonna light the whole room. Because everything that Jesus gives us is contagious. And when he came to earth on that night, he set into motion all the things that God would do.
know that the light shines brightest in dark places. If all the lights were on in the room, then it wouldn't take much to see that, you know, this doesn't make that big a difference. But the reality is the light shines brightest in dark places. And there are three things that light needs when it's going to impact our life. I want you to look around the room for a second. See all the light? And light needs three things if we're going to have it in our lives. Number one is it needs a source. And if you haven't picked up on what we've been talking about all day, the source is Jesus. If you don't have him, there's, there's a dark spot of your life that he's ready to light up. There's something in there that you know, it's like, man, I'm missing something. He's the source. So we need a source, but here's the other thing that it needs is air. It needs breath. And I believe that one of the things that God is telling us going into a new year is that for many of us, we've added so much to our lives that our life is so cluttered that we can't breathe. We've added things and added things and added things. And if we're honest, over the last two years, we've kind of figured out how to run on a treadmill as fast as we can thinking that this was a short sprint and we realized that this has been a marathon for some of us. And here's one thing I feel like God is giving some of you permission for. You ready? You need to breathe a little bit because we need air if our light is going to shine. And lastly, if we're going to have more than just a flicker, how many of you guys know if just my candle was lit, we wouldn't be able to see what's going on in this room? But because everyone's candles are lit, we can see what's going on in this room. And the last thing that we need 
is we need other lights near us. And here's why. How many of you guys know there's a day coming where your candle is going to go out? And I meant like not permanently. That sounded dark. That was really, okay. Uh, not, not like your candle's out. No, that was, yeah. You guys are like, golly, all right then. How do you guys know that there's a day coming where things, you're going to wake up one day and you're not going to have that hope or that peace or that joy? Come on. How many guys have, have maybe woke up in some of the days recently where you just woke up and you're like, man, today's just not the day. Your candle was out. You weren't shining. And we've all been there. But you know what we need? We need some people next to us that got their flame lit. We need some people next to us that got their light shining. So that on the days that mine's not shining, I can get close to somebody else and somebody's like, no, 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 you got this, man. Light that up. Once again, a phrase we probably won't use in the next service. <laughs> this church can laugh at that. Hmm. I'm so glad we could bring some joy into your hearts. <laughs> but in all honesty, man, we've all needed someone next to us on the days we didn't have it. Say, here, have some of mine. To help bring something back into us that something about the world robbed from us, something about life, something about hard things just robbed from us. The other day I was, fell asleep in the recliner in the living room. And uh, when I do that, my wife does not wake me up and she just leaves me there. So the lights were off and our neighbor behind us uh, I guess we don't have a street light there, so they figured they would just attach one to the side of their house. And it just beams light into our living room, and it comes in through our back window. So I fell asleep in the recliner. All the lights were off. And I woke up, and right in front of me was this dark shadow. And so I'm like, in my mind, like as soon as I woke up, I woke up and I see it, and I'm like, this is it. This is the moment I've been waiting for. Like, I've been training for this moment all my life with sushi and pizza. That's what I've been training with, all right? So just in case y'all were confused on what I've been doing. So, but here's what I was thinking. I was like, man, I don't need to, like, these hands are rated E for everyone, okay? So, like, in my mind, I'm like, all I got to do is throw enough hands to get to my permanent solution, all right? Some of y'all know what that is. Some of you don't. Mm. I got 45 reasons why no one wants to mess with me on my side of my house, okay? That's all I'm gonna say. Do with that what you will. And so I was like, all right, but I gotta turn, I gotta turn the light on so I can see what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta turn the light on. So in my mind, like, y'all think I'm joking. I'm dead serious, like I was about to go ham. And so I'm in the recliner, there's a light switch right next to me. And in my mind, I'm like, all right, I'm, as soon as I turn on the light switch, you know how you can close the legs of a recliner in such a way it'll throw you out of it? So like, I'm all, I'm, y'all, okay. So I'm like, one, two, boom, and I come out. It was my Christmas tree. I forgot, we, I forgot we put it up. Uh, so, <laughs> and so I was like, oh man, wait till my wife hears about this. We've got a camera in the living room. What were you doing? Like, I was about to go ham on that Christmas tree, honestly. Like, 
And I know we laugh about that. I needed some light in that room, man. And I told you that story because I feel like for some of you, because you haven't had light in your life, you've been shadow boxing a lot. You've been fighting things you weren't supposed to be fighting and you've been fighting things that weren't even real threats. If you were being honest, you've spent the last few years just fighting and you don't even know what you've been fighting or what you've been fighting for. You've just been fighting. And I feel like God's here to tell you, you don't have to keep fighting, man. God said, I just want you to come back to the place where it's real simple. It's just about shining your light. I'll take care of the rest. I'm better at it than you are. That's why John 10, 10, Jesus says, I know the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If we're all honest, there's enough things in our life trying to steal, kill, and destroy our hope, our peace, our joy. Jesus says, but I came that you would have life and you have it to the full, man. You would have as much of it as you can. I came that you would have eternal life, but I came that you would have this life right now to the full, that you wouldn't have to fight shadows. You wouldn't have to stay in the dark, that your life could be better. It could be greater. You could experience something more, and that's what God wants for you. So here's my invitation going into a brand new year. As you go through Christmas and you get ready for next year, what if God wants more for you and it's time for you to say yes? What if what God wants for you is the brand new beginning where things change and you let go of what's back there to pursue what's out there? So here's my invitation. We offer it every year. Give us 12 months here at TC. We we believe that God wants you to know him, get rid of what's behind you so you can pursue what's in front of you, discover the reason that he made you, and start making a difference in people's lives with that gift. Those are the four things we believe God wants you to experience according to his word. And we're inviting you to say yes. And here's what I'll promise you. If at the end of 12 months, you do all those things, at the end of 12 months, you sit back and go, Man, Brad, I just don't think this is it, man. If you would say, this isn't the greatest life I've lived. If this, if you don't feel like you're fulfilling something amazing. If you don't feel like this is it for you, at the end of 12 months, you can walk away. But after four years, I've never had one person at the end of 12 months go, I don't think that's what I was looking for. It's never happened. You want to know why? Because if it's what God wants for you, it's what you should have. So let's go get it. This is the life God has for you. I'm inviting you to say yes. And we as a church will help you every step of the way. Because we're here for you. And some of you, today, you need to take step one. We've talked a lot about Jesus. But you're in a place right now where you need to know Jesus. You know about him maybe, but you know that your light's not really lit on the inside. And today's that day. Right now is that moment. And if that's you, I want to invite you to pray this very simple prayer with me. And it's putting words to what you're feeling in your heart, which is that, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. And I'm putting my faith in you that you died for my sins. I want to know you. 
I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. The church will pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. Let's do it. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive you of my sins. I know I've messed up. But you said you would forgive me. So I believe in you. I put my faith in you. I believe you died for me. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TCU, I know you can't clap, but let's put our voices in the air. Thank you, Jesus. Amazing. So here's what we want to let you know. We, have, we do have one more song with you, so don't leave just yet, all right? On the way out, you can turn your candles in as if you like rented them. You can turn them in on the way out. But you can keep them lit for just one more, one more song. But here's what I want to let you know. If you're new with us at TC, or if you prayed that prayer and today you're, you're getting a fresh start, before you leave today, grab a Connect card out of the seat back in front of you and take up our Connect Center. Or on your smartphone, go to mytc.life or scan a QR code. Connect with us somehow because we want to connect with you. This is the beginning of a journey we want to help you on, but we can only do that if we know who you are, all right? So do us a huge favor and do that. If you want to give today, obviously you can do that. Mytc.life is where you can give electronically. There are envelopes in the seat backs if you want to give all the other means, the boxes in the back, you can just drop it in there. It's very simple. All right, guys, God's doing amazing things and we're grateful for your generosity. Next week, we will not have in-person services. So if you show up, you will be in the parking lot by yourself. Okay, we'll kick off again January 2nd. We will be online and you can join us on Facebook or on our website with a short message for you and your family. All right, guys, and we do have gifts for you on the way out the door today. We are so glad that you joined us for Christmas at TC. We do have one more service tonight at six o'clock. Grab a friend, come back. Let's do this all over again. We know God is gonna be glorified and we're gonna declare the name of Jesus because he's our joy. Say joy. He's our joy. Say joy. Come on out team, let's sing about him one more time. We'll see you guys up front.